The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. Or you can interact with us. Ooh, those are loud, right? But you can interact with us right here live good. at G-Mix here in West Des Moines. Red Ridge, Dave Faye Jr. Nope, not quite that much. A little more, a little more, a little more. Brand new headphones and microphones this week, and so we'll play with those a little bit and get those set. Fabulous. You can interact with us. We are live at G-Mix, as we are each week. We were just figuring this out. we got about seven more weeks to go after this week. Well, eight, eight if you count this week. If you count this week. Uh, we'll get you through the end of March, it sounds like, this year. Theoretically, because it seems like we, knocking on for Micah Wood, whatever this is, it seems like the Hawks are going to be in the NCAA basketball tournament by virtue of not only the way they played for most of the year, but a big win the other night. Of course, the Iowa women will be in the NCAA tournament based on their rankings. The wrestlers are going to be in in the finals. There's going to be plenty to talk about. March is going to be fun this year for us. Dave Crane Jr. It is, Brett. And, you know, um, what I've what I've come to realize is that we are now in the dead zone of sports. Football has ended. The Patriots continue to win Super Bowls. Oh, no, the dead zone is after the NCAA tournament. Oh, no, no, because baseball starts. Yeah, but it's early season. Yeah, it's early season baseball. It's all I'm saying. We are in, in a dead zone. I will give you that. Because it's just college basketball but, right now. Nobody cares about the pro right now. For right, the most right. part. And so college basketball has its opportunity here over the next four weeks to build up momentum for yes. March Madness. And the Hawkeyes, uh, both men and women, obviously, uh, are looking good. And Friday night, got a tip of the cap to Brucey here at G-Migs for uh, calling the fact that the Hawks would be able to hang and beat Michigan. Tip of the cap to you, Mr. Ridge. Who called it on the Temple to Rye last call. A thump on the head to me for not having enough faith in our Hawkeye basketball team. Uh, seemingly thinking, are you kidding me? How can they play so horrible and then all of a sudden play so good? But it's college basketball. Home court is worth, if you take two teams and you put them on a neutral court, obviously it's neutral. Take one, you go to Minnesota, we lose four. You take them to Iowa, we gain. That's you a get nine, neutered if you're on the neutral court. That's yeah, a nine-point difference in terms of the way that yeah. the gamblers feel yeah. about it and the way Vegas looks at it, at least. And in certain instances, it's more. But the Hawks played so good on Friday night. Uh, every time Michigan brought a run, every time the anxiety came up in our life, if you will, uh, you were there. Let's talk about the experience well, of Carver Hawkeye last so, week. So the Hawks win at seventy four fifty nine. They go seventeen and five on the year, six and five in the Big Ten, uh, up to number twenty in the AP back in the poll, and of course number twenty two in the net. Uh, and I, I want to talk later about the difference between the net and the RPI because for most teams there's not much difference, but there's one in the Big Ten. I think it's Nebraska is like at thirty three in the net, and they're like one ten in the RPI. They've, people are keeping track of the old RPI. Anyway. I'm sure that they are. They are. So, in, in any case, uh, yes. Yeah, so and, and the big question might be why. Yeah, uh, one thing interesting uh, to begin the game, and I, I haven't told you my story about getting stuck in the snow beforehand, and I'm stuck outside Pally Eyes in the snow, digging my car out just I, 40 minutes before I, the game. I know none of Yes. This. Anyway. I made it. We'll just put it that way. Uh, I had to jog about three miles, but I made it. <laughs> um, I dropped everybody else by the stadium and, and jogged in, in my uh, dress shoes to uh, into the arena, and I made it. Um, it was actually, so if you looked around the arena before the game started, it was maybe half full. 
Because a 6 o'clock game on a Friday night where there's tons of snow all over the place in uh, Iowa City, the traffic. the traffic was unreal. And and I looked around, and I'm like, well, this was sold out. And I'm telling you what, it filled in. It filled in completely. So it, it was so at the beginning of the game, the crowd was into it. But by the middle of the first half, when Iowa went from down 17 to 12, and they and Ryan Creener hit a three to tie it up, and they ended up going on a 13 to two run or an 11 0 and, and 15 to two run, and uh, and Bear hits the three pointer on trailing on the on the fast break Ran to put right him up 14. One. Beautiful rhythm. Beautiful. That place exploded, and and I, I so the difference in Carver Hawkeye. If you sit down low, and I used to when I was there, sit down low. It's way louder down on the court than it is up higher. The thing actually bounces sound back down. So up top, it seemed loud, but not as loud as I remembered. And then, then I started to. Re- I started. I'm like, so where were your seats? We were up. Uh, we were up. We were uh, on the corner. We had a nice corner yeah. view, kind of right on the end. But we were like. 35. I mean, we were 10, 10, 15 rows from the top. Okay. Okay. Uh, three quarters of the way up. But. Unobstructed. 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 <laughs> unobstructed. Fabulous, but a fabulous time. The only thing I felt bad about was that Andrew Ridge, who's gone religiously to the games the last two years because I've I bought the tickets, he better better go. Right. But he's been going, and they uh, and he sat with us, of course, and uh, he did not get a storm in the court. No, there was no court storm. There was no court storming for court Andrew Ridge. Storming and for he may never get Andrew one again Ridge. because it. It hasn't happened, but maybe a few times in Carver-Hawkeye history. But uh, the fans were in the game from the beginning. And here's the thing that I thought. There's a number of things I, I noticed out of this game. Number one, when you're there watching the game, there are things you can see, uh, particularly about a really good defensive team like Michigan. So the things that they were doing that are different than some of the other teams in the Big Ten, certainly the Michigan State. They don't just grab you and hold you like Michigan right. State they does, right? They play defense with their feet. They exactly the the point guards. The guards were up in your shorts, but they were they were their hands were out. They were Please maybe do a check not do that. but they were they were right. Okay. No, don't do that right. right now. On the fast breaks, every time you know Iowa sends either Wieskamp or Moss to the corner on every fast break to try Same, to get a three. Seems to yeah. Michigan covered up every single one. There was never once when Iowa got a shot off that. Never. It just never happened. Which is why Isaiah Moss went scoreless, right? He just never could get untracked. Michigan had only eight fi- or only two fouls with eight minutes to go in the game in that second half, right? And the whole time Iowa was ahead, and I never felt like they were getting screwed at all by the officials. It was just Michigan plays really good, good defense. So that's the number one thing I, I noticed out of that. And conversely, Iowa played as good a defense as they possibly could. And the key to this is, is that Fran has realized that when Tyler Cook and Isaiah Moss are not playing good defense, you may as well put in Ryan Creener. You may as well put in uh, but Bear. He, he, put may, in, he put in Creener because Garza got two fouls. But he also played Creener, and he took out, when he took out Cook, he had Creener and Garza in during a significant run in that second half together. Okay. And Moss was out as well. He was rotating a lot of other guys in there, letting Daly play rather than Moss. Okay, So what he's realized out of that Minnesota game, which was very, very frustrating to watch him bench everybody, and then they lose by five. So he realized he should have only benched Bohannon. Cook and Moss. Well, and he also realized I, I got a, I, I've got combinations of guys that I can use that are different. And I think, as a fan, I could see it <laughs> because Ryan Creener and Luca Garza on the floor at the same time is not only an offensive an offensive challenge for the other team because of their size and their their relatively calm way that they go about taking the ball to the hole, 
But on top of that, they've got some wingspan and they and they got they got big butts and they get people out of the way. They both play they terrific. Also cannot lie. And here here's the deal: Ryan Creener played his best game as a Hawkeye, and he brought energy, he brought offense, he brought defense, he brought rebounding. And, and confidence. He he doesn't. He I'm plays saying. with total confidence for a kid that doesn't get those minutes. Yeah, no, no question. And and I believe, I believe Luca Garza is essentially Kevin McHale reincarnate. I believe that that's a, that's an interesting comparison because because he does he does move differently than a lot of I, centers in the old NBA, right? I think I think that he works in that same fashion as McHale used to downtown or down low. I don't think he's the black hole that Kevin McHale once was. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, Larry Bird called Kevin McHale the biggest black hole he had ever seen. Because Bird would throw him the ball, go get open, and McHale would still be doing nine moves, but he'd make the basket. And and so Bird sort of had And when it. he played for Minnesota, he didn't have a lot around him. No. That, those were not great Minnesota teams. But so. if you watched McHale and you watched Garza, I would tell you those moves are the same. It's great footwork. It's, it's uh, head fakes. It's drops it. So the thing Garza does that's really noticeable is he really does a great job of feeling where if he's got one guy that he's backing in against, sometimes even two, but the one guy, he does a great job of feeling on which hip is that guy on, right? So if that guy's on my right, I'm drop-stepping with my left and I'm doing a little hook shot uh, or, or a fadeaway off the board. If he's on my if he's on my other hip, I'm turning around. I'm, I'm going to do a dump, uh, dunk on uh, Dip up under and dunk, uh, an up and under. I mean, and he's figuring out that when they post him up, if they can get other guys out and they can't double down on him, right. he just has he has the guy beat. Unless you know, and even now, it did help that uh, as 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 much uh, as little as Tyler Cook did on offense, seven points was not his best game, and he struggled and got a little frustrated in the second half. But in the first half, he got Teske. Uh, Michigan's best defender, the Direct, giant guy, directly into foul trouble. Immediately, that guy played one minute in the first half, which allowed Iowa to go up thirteen in that first half, or thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and that's the lead that they essentially kept the entire game. So, other than when very important got it down to five, and that's where uh, all Hawkeye fans' sphincters tightened up in such a fashion that was like, oh no, this is not happening again. Right, exactly, and and again, what happened when that finally happened? They pulled out Moss, they pulled out Cook, and what they did was they went down low to, to Luca Garza two times in a row, got two buckets out of it, and then he pulled out for a three-pointer, and suddenly Iowa was back up 11 or 10. I, I think we need to fi- find a different analogy than him pulling out for a three-pointer. But nevertheless, uh, so here's my question. So Connor comes in. He, he obviously plays better better defense than Jordan, but Jordan is clearly better offensively from a shooting standpoint. Connor runs the offense. He's a dish guy. Somebody's going to figure this out, and they're going to start laying off him. So we're not going to be able to get the interior passes. Iowa's offense has, for the last four games, essentially focused on we're dumping this inside to Cook into Garza, particularly to start the game. They are either going to go to the basket and try and get fouled, make shots, or occasionally kick it out. The X factor, compare the Minnesota game to the Michigan game, was Joe Wieskamp. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Big Ten freshman of the week for the, for his second 16 time? points. Yes. Second time. Um, and so Wieskamp comes out. Jimmy Chitwood, as they were referring to him on TV. I don't think he's you Jimmy th- Chitwood. And, and you don't think so? I'll tell you what. I don't know. How many points like he scored in high school? 2,500? 
I, I don't even know what it was. I uh, just know he was able to drop. He, he was dropped. He dropped forty and fifty a couple, three, four times. I'm just was, saying. I don't think Jimmy Chitwood was scoring, you know, thirty eight points a game or whatever that Joe did for Muscatine, and he was the only guy on that team. I, yes, and, I do. I, I do like. I, I do like the idea though that you think of him as a multi dimensional, uh, hometown kid that can shoot. Put it on the deck. Go to the hole. And Rebound. He showed, he showed every one of those moves. And this is the other thing. You know, they would go running at him at the three-point line, and he had fake and go to the hole. And that was the thing that Michigan couldn't get straightened out with him. Right? Was it was how to 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 guard him when they thought they had to close out on the three if he goes to the corner. Right. He got that several. And the body control he was showing the other day, and he even did the the dip under dunk. Right. That was a that was great. Yeah, I, you know, it's a just, surprising it's, dunk. Right, surprising so, dunks will now, get your crowd going. he is. Going. You're right. He's the X factor because, particularly when Connor McCaffrey is in the game, he's the X factor because you've got to have another score. It, it, your combinations with this team are very important, and I think. But you, you still have, have to that. have offensive um, abilities and power. In the and at Minnesota, when he took him out, you you were a rudderless ship. Connor was steering, but. It, I mean, he had no one to pass to that was going to score. It, it, they in, in you that can't regard. sit all your starters and expect a lot of scoring. You can't. No, and I, I, th- I think Jordan is it, actually but... struggling with trying to play the two because for the last two years he's had that ball in his hands seventy five percent of the time, and that's a, and that's a big deal. However, saying that. Hawks are 17, 17 and five. Seventeen and five. Seventeen and five. Six and five in the Big Ten. Uh, currently tied for third with the rest of there's three teams at nine and two. So currently I guess, not dead. Yeah, yes. st- tied for fourth. Um, big game against Indiana. Obviously, we'll talk more about that later coming up on Thursday. And uh, certainly, we have uh, another good opportunity on Sunday. I think it's Sunday. They play mm-hmm. Northwestern. Northwestern. So, two winnable games coming up this week. And much like Iowa State did last last night, going on the road. And winning games that you're favored or close to, close to, you have to have the ability to do that, and that helps in your NCAA seeding. It certainly would, certainly does. All right, we're going to attempt to bring Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com on when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we are back here, G-Mix. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton, Jr. It's the Hawkeye Huddle, as you will hear each week from 6 to 7 o'clock here on 1700 and around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. And uh, speaking of websites. Before we go there, let's thank our great sponsors. You want to thank our sponsors? I do, and, and, and Tom appreciates this. A big shout-out to Langle Woods Clothier. You know, they've dressed a president throughout their time. But if you need custom clothing, additional tailoring, they an assortment of ties, right here in Valley ties Junction. and socks. Yes. 4th Street, Valley Junction. Go down and see Pat or Tony. Take great care of you. They have a great happy hour at 5 o'clock also. <laughs> Just saying. They do, huh? Yeah. At the clothiers. Okay. Yes. Uh, our other sponsors then would be, of, of course, course. G-Migs, Temple Rye, which we'll get to shortly. And, of course, Kozlowski Law. Absolutely. Well, in theory, Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com is making his triumphant return to the Hawkeye Huddle as we have new equipment, new headphones, and hopefully he can hear us. Good afternoon, Tom. 
Good afternoon, gentlemen, or good evening now, I guess. It's perfect. Oh, my gosh, I can hear you like you're sitting next to me. I don't think yeah. you can hear us. Yeah, yeah, like he's sitting next to us. Well, Tom, um, um, strange things in, in the world of college sports shift the sands from time to time. College football signing day tomorrow is um, – it's been interesting to watch what's happened with Iowa, but there's not a lot of activity for tomorrow. What are they going to get done tomorrow uh, at the last minute? Well, um, I think pretty much everything is done, and, and it's really – I guess what we're seeing now, and it's probably you know, pretty fair to say that it's across the country now with – the early signing period, uh, a day that we used to always, you know, it was our busiest day of the year, has become pretty much anticlimactic at this point because uh, I was just going to, you know, maybe sign two guys. We'll see what happens with the uh, McCall kid who's uh, out of uh, Florida, who's going to announce his decision, and then um, and we've got. Uh, um, Jamari Harris, uh, who already committed, so uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, it's uh, just pretty quiet. It's pretty hey. quiet on the recruiting front. So, Tom, the Hawks have uh, allegedly landed an Australian rules punter from the transfer portal. How does that work, and how does does that that doesn't affect net or the signing days at all, right? No, he's a graduate transfer. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, Fleet Dalton will be coming in. He averaged uh, 44 yards a kick last year for Arizona State, and he'll be coming in as a as a graduate transfer. And uh, so he'll be going on scholarship. So Iowa will have maybe be the only team in the school in the country that has two scholarship punters this year. Uh-huh. Well, he hit 10 punts of over 50 yards this year, nine the previous year, and his average as a sophomore was down a little bit because he strained a, a muscle in his in his kicking leg, so he kicked opposite leg for a while. So You're kidding no. me. So the kid actually can punt the football. It'll be interesting to see how the Hawks work that in. He's ambidextrous? He's ambidextrous with the, with the legs, which is, a, which is a great story. The other one, of course, that you mentioned uh, Jamari Harris, so the, really the only spring signing for Iowa right now, unless the McCall kid out of uh, Tampa who – it's Iowa Army and Navy, so he was thinking a military academy versus. So that's a lot of thinking to do, but uh, Harris was the only other kid Iowa saw on the board. And typically, Tom, that last kid that Iowa goes ahead and offers and, and takes is worth something if you go back over the years. Yeah, they've had some late success stories, um, but it was you know a really different environment too. When you didn't have the early signing period, I think that's kind of changing the dynamic and forcing them to uh, offer some kids uh, in December that they would have probably traditionally waited until January to get more seriously involved. But they're, you know, you got to you got to sign them when you can because otherwise they're going to sign with somebody else. So um, it's it's just it's really interesting just thinking about it today that uh, last year there was a little bit more activity because it was new and not as many kids jumped on board uh, early but th- this year it's just it's really pronounced where that first period has just become uh, 
you know, the, the biggest thing for uh, college recruiting. So, Tom, who, I mean, of the top 100, how many are left? You know, I don't even know, uh, but it's not a lot. It, you know, most of the kids that, that were going to decide um, made their decisions already, and some of them, you know, announced them in January. There was even cases where David Bell, who I'm sure we've talked about before, the wide receiver out of Indianapolis, I mean, he he waited till, uh early January to announce his decision at the U.S. Army All-American game, but he had already signed in December. And, <laughs> you know, we found that out last year with uh, D.J. Johnson and Julius Brent uh, from Indianapolis that they uh, didn't announce until uh, this date, but uh, the February date, but they had to sign, they had signed back in December. So it's just, just how it goes. And, uh, I, I just, I think we're quickly, uh, moving towards the whole idea that at least for the, the, the time being, uh, the February dates just getting going to be obsolete. It's just going to be kind of, uh, picking scraps at this point. Interesting. Interesting. Well, so the transfers, though, there are still a few of those out there, Tom, uh, a number of them. Uh, and it looks like Iowa coaches, the way they're kind of doing this, you can only f- sort of figure out who they might be after by who they're following on Twitter, uh, basically. I guess it's ah. one of the ways that, that, I mean, that, that we're figuring this out. Is there anybody else realistically that Iowa is looking at that you can tell right now? Um, from the prep ranks, no. I, I think they've kind no, of. No, from the transfers. Transfers. Yeah, the transfer thing is, I think that's going to really evolve, um, you know, with the portal now. So the names all get out there about who's leaving and uh, even if the schools won't announce it. And, you know, people are leaking uh, to the lists out every day of different names that pop up. And I think that's that's going to be where they go. Um, you know, Mike Dana, a kid out of Central Michigan, is somebody that they're Certainly going to push for a defensive end who was an all Mac player, but um, you know I've, I've read today that he visited Michigan over the weekend, and he's a Detroit kid, so it's going to be tough for Iowa to get him. And he, but he's a probably a guy that they would be very interested in. I think their primary focus is going to be on the defensive line, and they're going to look for some some help there because right now, um, you know, with uh, uh, Sleep Dalton and and with uh, with Harris, they're they're at eighty two of eighty five, so they've got room to add three more. And I would suspect that one of them or two of them are going to be defensive linemen off that uh, off that trans- transfer portal uh, at some point. You know that transfer portal, Tom. I, I'm trying to figure out whether this is a positive thing for Iowa or a negative thing in terms of. They're not discovering anybody under the radar that might just be out there because now every kid is going to be listed in a very public place. I mean, I know coaches could find this out before, but when you mention a kid like the kid out of Central Michigan, um, you know, maybe Iowa had, had would have slipped in there early at some point in time in the past, but now that when he's just out there listing himself, you got Michigan's not going to miss that, right? Uh, you know, Michigan State's not going to miss that. They're going to know for sure who who all is available. It may end up being a little bit more difficult to grab a transfer, even though that's not where Iowa's made their bread and butter. Uh, I'd almost argue in the opposite direction, that now they're going to be more aware of some of the kids that are leaving uh, other schools that they might be interested in. 
as well. So I think, um, you know, in, in Dana's case, he's a Detroit kid. Michigan was going to find out about it, and so was Michigan State. They were going to know that he was leaving. So um, it's just more public, and, and I, I think transparency in that uh, area is good. And, you know, it it, it will get Iowa's eyeballs on some other kids that maybe they wouldn't have known about, and they can potentially approach them. Well, you know, and, and to your point there, Tom, uh, the way the way I see it is is that if you've got specific needs, defensive line, using that, and everybody's public, well, then you're going to go ahead and do it. The other option is is that if you had your eye under the radar, as Ridge was talking about earlier, uh, back when this kid was in high school, you might already know or have a bit of a relationship with him if you still have the same coaching guys or staff around, which obviously the Hawks do. Um, yeah, I didn't really understand that, but I, it was kind of I, fading I out either, a little bit. So that's all right. <laughs> As from time to time, we just don't understand anything. Hey, real quick, uh, <laughs> before we, we before we leave, obviously football was important, and it's 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 one of the reasons we uh, we go to your site. But uh, thoughts on on the big Iowa basketball win this last weekend, and how much fun it was to be in Carver. Uh, as the Hawks took down the Wolverines. Yeah, it was really great. I'm happy for the kids on the team and uh, the students and the stands who got to storm the court and celebrate a little bit together. You get to see Nicholas Bear hug a guy in a bear suit. I mean, (laughs) it doesn't get any better than that. Um, Just happy those guys got to experience something like that and and play so well against the a really good Michigan team that's, uh, you know, generally considered one of the top five programs this year in college hoops. And, and, uh, they played, you know, their best game for 40 minutes and, and answered the, the run for Michigan in the second half and, and, uh, won in convincing fashion. So it's, uh, it's a real positive for, for these guys. I, I think they needed that signature win in conference play. And that was really going to be, I think probably their last chance to get one that everybody kind of notices in the college basketball world and go, whoa, okay, Iowa got a big win here. Um, There wasn't any other ones on the schedule left this year, in my opinion. So um, it it was good that they got that, and now they're, you know, in really good shape for the uh, NCAA tournament. Well, there's there's no question about that. My my favorite part of the of the court storm. Was the players actually running to the students? Yes, yes. Um, not getting in line, not doing any of that, but going to meet them and join them. I thought that was my favorite part of the court. Uh, they start pumping the music, and they're all jumping up and down, and having a good time. Yeah, um, Tom. Last thing: do do you, as the most level level headed <laughs> of the, uh, the of the the website gurus, the the Iowa media, because you fairly um, you tell it like it is a lot of times. Are you get? Do you find yourself getting caught a little bit now, looking ahead at what they could do? Because the schedule is there; they could lose a lot of games, but the schedule is there to win a bunch more. Yeah, we uh, actually we just taped our podcast, so I'd be going up here in a little bit. But um, yeah, we went through the remaining nine games and. You know, the, if they – and Indiana's not going to be easy, I mean, especially with Davis back and, and Green's back and 
looks like Jawan Morgan's probably going to play. So Indiana's going to be at full strength, the team that went 12-2 and and beat Marquette by, I think, like 20 points down there in Bloomington and, and uh, handled Louisville, who's playing really well. Went up to Michigan State this past weekend and won. Uh, uh, but if they can get past them, I mean, that's Northwestern, and you go to Rutgers, and you can get Maryland and Indiana and Iowa City. I mean, they could go on a nice, nice little run here. But carts before horses, uh, I still think they're probably in good shape to end up with at least 22 wins right now. And 22 and 9, I'd take that in a heartbeat. 11 and uh, 9 in conference, I would take that as well. Yeah, no question about it. I think, uh, I think we all we all agree with with that sort of sentiment. Uh, we'd all take it. Yeah, no question. We'd all take it. You get into the tournament this year, you have that kind of record. Uh, that's the turnaround we were looking for. We'd all take it. Absolutely. Hey, Tom, it's been great to have you back on the show. We the- theoretically hey, we should be able great, to do this the rest great of the time. to be back with you guys. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Thanks, fellas. Bye bye. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. And uh, he's been with us for 15 years. In the, the last couple weeks, as we've been working with the equipment, we haven't been able to have him on. You know, so we can barely hear ourselves. Yes, but we, but we've got, <laughs> we're, we're everything's getting worked I'm out. I'm telling you what, this new equipment is spectacular. It is. All the people at GMEGS can raise their hands right now and say, "Yes, I can hear yep, you." Yep, they, they <laughs> can hear us. And, and on top of that, we can kind of hear them. You know, as we sit here watching Michigan State lose at Illinois right now, that's interesting. Drake, Drake only down two uh, over at Loyola. So. Uh, you know, Illinois has been playing really good basketball since, since Iowa beat, since we beat the snot them. out of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Michigan State the last couple of days uh, lost Purdue pretty handily and then that Indiana. Now, let's, let's do There's talk. 26 minutes to go in this game. Let's, I know. Let's do talk uh, as Illinois gets a breakaway dunk. Let's do talk real quickly about Indiana. They are going to be at full strength, and this is what Fran said today. Uh, this, is, th- this team that lost seven in a row, they were missing four guys. And it... They've got them all back, and suddenly they go win on the road at Michigan State. They were 12-2. and Tom mentioned it. Louisville, Marquette, Michigan State, these are wins that this team has. This is not going to be Iowa playing a seven, a team that lost seven in a row and just lost at Rutgers. This is Iowa playing the team that beat all those other teams. This is going to be a tough one on Thursday night. Well, no question, and it's not like Assembly Hall is a place that's treated Iowa very no. well over the years. Um, it, frankly, they hadn't treated anyone very well. I hear the music. We'll pick this conversation up. You want to pick that back up? We after got, we got wrestling, our break, baseball, women's basketball, all to do. I got in the inside next fifteen inf- minutes. Inside info on the wrestling. You do. All right. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on seventeen hundred. The champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on seventeen hundred. The champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here. G-Biggs in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. For you at G-Biggs, we'll be here for the next four or five hours. <laughs> or 20 minutes. Come on over and say hi. <laughs> well, we do have adult libations in front of us. It's Not steak we, night. We can't drink those on the air, so we don't. Steak night with uh, baked potato, I think, tonight. The baked potato tonight? That's the, that's the it's pot- a fine that's meal. Potato. Fine meal. Absolutely. Let's check in on a couple of the other sports we haven't talked about. Hey, Ridge, um, I have a question. Yes. Megan Gustafson win the Big Ten Women's Player of the Week this week? As a matter of fact, she did. 
as a record number 20th time overall, number 10 this year that for her. That is so it's a record, personal record, and it's a Big Ten record. Uh, a Big Ten Player of the Week for the tenth time this year, and she and also Jay is, Billis did not have her in his top five potential no. players of the year or All Americans. No, and Jay Billis has been taking it from the Hawkeye fans. He should be. With, she is currently in the top six in eight different in eight different categories in the country. We're not talking about the Big Ten. She's in the. She is currently number one in points per game at 26.6 points per game. Number one in field goals at 585 field goals. Second in uh, double-double. She's got 20. Somebody else has more than that. Second in field goal percentage. She's only over the year at 70.4%, but she's like 75% in the Big Ten. Six out of eight categories, all the statistical categories, she's in the top six in the country. So here's the deal. She did make the John R. Wooden Award top 20 uh uh, Why don't they here. call that the Pat Summit Award for I, the women? They, somebody may do that sooner or later. I don't know. But oh, they um, have two. Do they have another one? It's the, a the thing. Pat? Oh, I just made that up. I didn't it's, know. It's Pat. Who's that? It's time for shut Amber. up. So anyway, so Jay Billis probably will somewhere. I wonder if he's a if he's a big enough man to admit. You know, I missed this. I think Jay Billis is a very very smart guy. And and I believe that he will announce his oversight. Think so? Sure. I, I hope. I, I if she gets remember she got shut out of all American status last year, which was ridiculous. She wasn't the Big Ten Player of the Year last year. I, ridiculous. I believe that Lisa Bluter actually needs to go on some sort of campaign. And well, she's, this is ridiculous. I mean, they they don't know how to stop her. So the the women did lose. A See, game. Vivian said. We don't have, we have that, no answer. We have no answer. We have for no her. answer. Now, Iowa did lose. Uh, they had the game postponed because of weather, so they ended up playing Friday morning and lost 90-81 at Michigan. Uh, she did have 27 or 28 points in that one. Then they went on the road to Penn State, won 81-61. They've got Michigan State, 8 p.m. Thursday night. So at the same time the men are playing, you can watch the men on ESPN and you can watch the women on BTN. So if you got picture-in-picture, picture, you got both of them. And Is that Ohio even a State thing anymore? I actually have, yes. I have it. <laughs> I know. It's on my satellite. It's part of my satellite service. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, at Ohio State Sunday at 3 p.m. also in the Big Ten Network before Iowa's men play Northwestern. So a lot of Hawkeye hoops on the television Thursday and Sunday. And uh, we'll see where they go with this. But clearly they're still in good shape in the Big Ten. They're going to get themselves a good seed. And they're going to get in the NCAA tournament. They're still number 15 in the country. The baseball team is a week away from starting things. February 15th is when they start. All right, that's enough. No, it's not enough. They're going for their fifth they're they're going for their sixth straight 30 win season. And uh are you are you not interested in baseball? All I know is that the hitting coach and the pitching coach got this taken is, by the Yankees. Right. This is what I was about to go to. So they've hired Robin Lund who is a hitting coach from UNI. Tom Gorzolani pitched for Six different teams in the majors over 12 years is their new Does he have iHeart Radio so he can listen to any I, station that I he wants? I don't know, but that's where it, hey, it's a, it's a name. Oh, you we're remember? not an iHeart station. Are we, are we not? Oh, I did oh, that not. wrong. Yeah, you did that wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I'm getting excited for Hawkeye baseball. They've got a lot of talent, and, and Heller said that this is a very deep and, and maybe his most talented team, even though he's transferred in. Another ten JUCOs, which will be interesting because that's what it, that's so, how he builds those teams. So, which is why early on they lose, and later in the year they don't. So, 
when does Connor McCaffrey consider joining the baseball team? Connor McCaffrey worked out with the baseball team Saturday and Sunday because Fran gave the basketball team the weekend off, and which so he, he should have. So he well, they be- were all hung over on Saturday. <laughs> probably, anyway. probably. There were no beers I, purchased. I think Connor, by Hawkeye basketball players. I think the second, I think the minute the the basketball season's over, he joins them starting for for their homestand. They'll hit, hit late March. Interesting. I think that's probably the case. So he's and boy, boy can hit the baseball. Right. He's uh, number seventeen, Big Ten player, in the preseason rankings. Is he really? Yes. No studying. No studying. None, I have none allowed. I was who, told there would be no math. Who so do this sort of studying. And so let's transfer quickly to wrestling. wrestling. Our, <laughs> okay, so the Hawks over at Nebraska the other day, they, they actually didn't wrestle very well. They were behind. They were down 13-12 to 12 going into the last two matches, which happened to be Spencer Lee and Austin DeSantos. Spencer Lee gets the major decision. 18-4. to 18-4. So he gets a bunch of points. And then only four. DeSantos with the twenty-five to, to two technical fall. Twelve takedowns. Picks up the guy. Walks over to the Nebraska bench, gives him the thumbs up, slams gives him, him the wave, slams him down, puts the two hands on the back, shoves him in the mat, gets up, T fall. And gives gives the Nebraska crowd essentially a twenty one gun salute. Not, and not, and, not and then in the walkthrough after the match, somebody grabbed his hand and didn't let go of it. And they, they were close to blows. Extraordinarily close. And Tom Brands recognizes that he's got an extraordinarily good wrestler who's got a five-cent head who's right now. He's now 14-1 after transferring in and not even wrestling for the first couple of matches of the it year. It looks right? to me like he hasn't done anything other than wrestle. In his life. <laughs> well, I mean, he's I, moved I, I would love to be his academic to advisor. Okay, we're going to work on speech today. Yes. No, we're working nope. on a double leg takedown. No. Yes. He, he, anyway, yes. my point is this: he is now suspended for the Maryland match, which Maryland's zero and eight, so we're not worried about right. that. But he needs to be smart in that when you get to the Big Ten tournament and the national tournament, of which if the Hawks were to win, either would be huge upsets. The team points they can't lose team points because he decides to be right. It, uh, One, two, three, act, a full point to be a problem. Inappropriately yes. and, and immaturely. And I believe that the Brands brothers love aggression, but they, they also they were they weren't humble. Was this they, third out of third out of four matches that he's lost a team point? Yes. So the kid really talented, strong, smart. Got a got I, a, got I a really I real him in. I don't him know in. exactly what to say. Other than there's needs to be something done in that although, regard. Although Duke only made one of twenty three pointers in the I'll, first half, and they're down two. <laughs> here's my here's my thing about Austin DeSantos. It was awesome, man. It was great. I know it was fabulous. Nebraska, sister, ne- Nebraska deserves everything they get. Apparently, the Nebraska fans were doing some talking and and pointing, and you know, and he he was giving it back to him, right? Which is not something you get to do. Ask any of those guys that stand on the sidelines at Kinnick Stadium about how the Iowa fans ride them from behind the, the visitors' bench. You can't do it, right? You just don't talk to them, and he does. But it's a, wrestling's a different sport. So they've got Maryland this week, and as you said, they're 0-8. Here's all that's left. Indiana, Wisconsin, both at the bottom of the Big Ten, and then they got Okie State, so that's a, that's a real match. 
the Big Ten has undefeated team, an undefeated team in Penn State, of course. Michigan, Ohio State, and Minnesota are all one one loss teams. Two Penn State, right? <laughs> right. So, and Iowa doesn't wrestle any of them. A strange. We don't. We this don't year. get the East. We get nothing out of it. <laughs> so you're going to go into the Big Ten's really. You're calculating based on who is ranked where, and we'll see how that shakes out as they. But these are the veteran teams. They've all wrestled. Penn one State is loaded past. again, as they always have been. So that that'll be it, right? That'll be it. Uh, we'll see how that how that rolls, but. Uh, Iowa with a chance. I didn't like the fact Sam Stoll lost the other day. He got shut out three to nothing. You want that as your heavyweight. He needs to be dominant. He needs to get you some serious team points when you get in there at the heavyweight because they don't have anybody else. Right. right? And you got to make that happen. You can't have Caleb Young get beat uh, and he, as he that did the other day. Upset, that was right? an upset. You, you've got to have some of those guys wrestle a little bit better. Lugo and Turk and those guys can't be can't be losing points for you. So we'll see what happens because Nebraska. Did uh, it, Nebraska? It, it should 13. be noted they're not. They're not, they're not bad. bad. They're, they're not, not bad. bad. I think they're ranked seventh or eighth. Yeah. Pretty good wrestling squad. All right. So back to Hawkeye basketball time then. for our Temple right last. It squad. is because we're, we're 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 well within the uh, the reaches of the end of the show. Much better show when you and I are sitting next to each other than no we're question. on the phone. It's just. I, it I feel like I should have had a Temple to Rye. Yeah. Um, maybe we should. Yeah. But uh, either way. So. Um, Two games this week, Indiana on the road, Northwestern at home. There's no chance an I-beam falls on Thursday. None, I don't think. <laughs> I mean. Because that, that was a bad deal. That was the game the Hawks were completely rolling going into Indiana. And, and, it, and it threw them off, and then they didn't play till later in the year. That was a, a, an unfortunate series of events. And by the way, you know, Fran McCaffrey's had an, uh, some issues with his teams hitting a wall in mid-February. Right? Or early February. Or sometimes early. even late January. Yeah. But he's had some issues with that, right? So what well, do you got? Be, it shouldn't be because of the rotation. I And, of course, we got Northwestern on Sunday. I, I believe that the Hawks go to Indiana. And I we are going to be extraordinarily upset because, I mean, they're going to lose by one or two, and we are not going to be happy. And then they're going to come back. On Sunday, they're going to destroy Northwestern. That's probably that's probably what will happen. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on this one. What's wrong with Northwestern? They're just not that good. I mean, they've got they've got some pieces, and he continues to recruit pieces, but you can't. You, they they aren't that good at this point. They're kind of young at some spots, and and they just aren't that good. By the way, Illinois up nine against Michigan State. Wow, at half. That Underwood guy's got to learn how to walk upright, doesn't he? I don't know, but I'm going to be like, finding my phone as yeah. soon as this show's over. But uh, <laughs> but, but I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a, t- a tall order at Indiana, and I think that's our toughest home game the rest of the year as well, uh, if they're healthy. Uh, I like, but here's the thing. I like Iowa the rest of the year to win six more games. Do you I just think, think this is one of the losses. Do you think that there is, I mean, is there a chance Iowa could get to a four seed by, let's say, running the table? If you run the table, yes. So what would that be fourteen wins? Because I got them losing at Wisconsin, right? Well, no, maybe that, at, at well, uh, and on top of at that, Nebraska and at Indiana. Yeah, you're twenty six and five with twenty six and six at worst with the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, that, you might be a three. You might be a three. And Running, they're definitely playing right. in Des Moines. But this 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 team, Iowa needs to try and focus on winning as many games when, as they can. Win the next Captain game. Captain Obvious will be here tomorrow. Yes, but win the point the next of game. doing that yes. is to get to play in Des Moines. 
I, I, I would agree. And when, and and it'll be interesting to right get to the four, right? And Just then, get get so you can play. How much fun? We didn't even get to this, but how much fun would it be for a four-five Iowa State? Iowa no, matchup. they won't put them in the same breath. They might. No. To go to the Sweet 16? Nope. Never happened. Tickets have already been sold. They don't need to do that. Join us next week right here, G-Mix, and on 1700, and around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com for the Hawkeye Huddle.